<laughs> I like this a lot. Welcome back to Gig Boys. I'm your fuck. I'm your fuck? Okay. Uh, let me start over. No. Welcome back to Giggle Boys. I'm your host, Eli Halpern. And I'm Mike Eaton. And uh, we just had our first... I'm a devil now. <laughs> giggle show. Yeah, the Giggle show. Last night, which basically was just a comedy show that we hosted at the same time. And I accidentally got hammered. Yeah, well, it was intentional. The well, drinking part. The drinking part was, but I didn't realize uh, how strong the drinks were. And by the time that I did, it didn't matter. Yeah, dude, yesterday was fucking stressful. We had a, it was supposed to be at an outdoor place, and it Mm -hmm. was bring your own chair, Mm -hmm. which for some reason I didn't even think about. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's in the future. It doesn't matter yet. Mm -hmm. And then the day of, I was like, okay, I'm going to go check out this place and just get a feel for the venue. Mm -hmm. I could not find it. Mm -hmm. I had to park like a block away. I'm walking around. It's called Hidden Door, so it was mm-hmm. very hidden. And I'm walking around, and I see, like, three people shooting up heroin. There's a huge homeless encampment. Mm-hmm. It's by the train tracks. It's under the freeway. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, dude, I don't think this show is going to work. Like, Yeah, I mean, you drove up from the worst possible way. Because if you drive up from the other way, you just kind of drive by, like, a, little, a wine place and, like, a brewery and, like, a little restaurant. And then you turn down a street, and then there's... Like on one side, like a bunch of graffiti on a wall, looks real pretty, and then you cross the train tracks. <laughs> Does not look pretty. It and looks then like there's a there's bunch heroin. Of more graffiti. Well, there weren't any heroin people out the day that I went and saw it, and I I agree. Like my first thought was like, "Fuck, there's no parking." But then the lady that runs it, one, is the nicest human being ever, and two, she's like, you know, when we have our shows here, like people just park all along down this fence because it's all you know, free parking. And you can fit twenty cars this way, and you can fit another ten over here that aren't. It's on in. the grass though. People park on the grass all the time. Yeah, but then you got to wait for the guy behind you to pull out so you can get out. It wasn't going to be two rows like that. No, no, no. no. It it doesn't matter. But the parking wasn't going to be that big of a deal. But the main issue ended up being that it's fucking 90 degrees at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it it was going to be really cool because there was a dab bar, which I was very excited for. I think that's all you cared about. (laughs) I mean, I, I didn't just care about that, but I thought that was a pretty signature motif no one else has that it was a good selling point no one else in texas comedy is doing a fucking dab bar at their show yeah and with puffco peaks no less and there were no chairs well they had time and so thinking that that was a big problem too is that like i i you know i like dab bars because i'm a giant pothead so sometimes my brain don't work good (laughs) and like they didn't have chairs there and they told me they had some chairs when we talked and i was like yeah they'll have like a few chairs but I need to tell people to bring a chair. And then I asked them, and they're like, yeah, we have a lot of chairs. How many chairs do you After need? After we went through all the fucking bullshit of like, so I was telling you that there's not chairs. And you're like, so people can stand for a comedy show. It's not the end of the world. And I was like, yeah, it is. That's mm-hmm. a huge fucking deal. Could you imagine? Like that last night went too long. I think mm-hmm. I'd say the show was okay. The problem is that the show would have been perfect had it been the eight people on the lineup. And we had just done it, me and you co-hosting at the top, doing our time in between, have those eight people perform. Hooray, we're great. Problem was, one, with the venue change and with the way people are now, nobody was on fucking time. There was, like, a handful. Shout out to Flopez 
for showing up <laughs> like on time because him and his buddy showed up like seven forty five for an eight o'clock show, and then people didn't start showing up until like fucking eight fifteen. Yeah, everyone everyone didn't get there till like eight thirty, and then fucking uh, on top of that, it, I mean, we were so fortunate to have Jamie Kennedy come through. Which is very yeah, exciting because awesome. he's in town doing Vulcan and Kyle Anderson, who's awesome and runs an amazing backyard show in Burbank. Like he was like, "Hey man, do you have any room for like a guest spot? I'm going to be in town with Jamie Kennedy." And I was like, "Oh dude, I'd love to have both you guys. Fucking hilarious." So I was thinking like, you know, a guest spot they'll come in do like a little time. We can put Jamie on the end. He had a advertising contract, so we can put out. But he was doing another show that night, like across the street at Creek in the Cave. And so they weren't, he wasn't ready to go on until 10 o'clock. And the show started at 8. And it yeah. was like, and, and like, I, I don't think he actually got on stage until like. We had to fill a lot of time. 10, 20. Yeah. And we were killing a lot of time. And also that was our first time co-hosting. Yeah. So, you know, some things went not uh, it, it. I thought it was going to be a disaster and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's a win in my book. I feel like. I, don't, I think it could have been a lot better. I think we could take a lot of uh, lessons from this. Yeah, we learned like, just stuff. prepare a little bit. Mm. <laughs> just a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I did a little bit so of preparing. We, we ended we ended up uh switching. We called our I called my friend John Paul who has the GOG Shout out app. to John Paul and yeah, GOG. And, and he uh he got us in with the back room at Wanderlust Wine Co on 6th Street downtown, which is a better location cuz it's downtown. So no Yeah, one... which is nice. The parking isn't great, but the the room itself is nice, and uh, the, my chief complaint though is one the wine is crazy expensive. Yeah, and two it's pretty up there. The uh, pouring system, so you use a little they give you a card, and then you go up and you put it into a little slot, and then it verifies that it's you, and then you pull a spigot and it fills your glass, and it counts by the ounces how much you're pouring, on, and it puts it on that card for how much money you owe. So it's like, does it cut you off at a certain point? So that's what makes me mad is that every time I went and got a lemonade thing, the spiked lemonade that turned out to be a 16% alcohol drink, I would pull it. It would fill up this much of a fucking wine glass. And then a message would pop up and say, say yeehaw. And one of our partners will be there to help. I'm not going to yell yeehaw. (laughs) I'm not doing that. Please degrade yourself and humiliate yourself in public for more alcohol. Here's what's better. The guy that worked at the front, he was from somewhere in South America and he had like that very thick accent, and he would just yell "yeehaw" whenever he saw that. So he would see me and go "yeehaw!" I feast these for you. <laughs> like, okay, I didn't do a good accent. Did he work there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, it wasn't just like a strange. Like either way, that's pretty funny. Argentinian just coming to help me with. <laughs> Dude, I just um, the the mic was broken too. It, it, it was <laughs> it was in the stand, and like the cord was taped. taped to the the stand so you couldn't take it out of the stand which is mm-hmm. an important thing you have to do for stand up it's the first thing they tell you to do yeah take like, the they mic tell you out like, of the stand like, take the mic out of the stand move the stand behind you and there was only one microphone and i brought the splitter and things so we would have two didn't fit in the thing and then and then he showed up with a fixed wireless microphone that we used for the handoffs yeah and that was great that was nice but at the very end uh Jamie's very conscious about germs so he was like, is there a place I can plug in my own microphone so I can use it? And I was like, unfortunately, no. It's just that there's this shitty little box with that mic that's taped to that stand that Eli is using in between. And then there's this wireless mic that everybody's using. And he goes, oh, man. <laughs> uh. And I was like, 
I mean, is it, I thought he was doing a bit, dude. He walked in with the mask and he had his hand in his shirt to open the door. Yeah, I thought he was joking. The hand in the shirt to open the door thing is the funniest to me because then you're just getting the germs on your shirt, which is closer to a bigger part of your body. You're like, come here, germs. All right, now you're on me everywhere. Like, germs go to the other side of your shirt. They don't care. Yeah, they're not nice. You don't have, like, antibacterial coating on your fucking T-shirt, you know? He might have. They they make antimicrobial fiber. Yeah, bamboo. It's naturally antimicrobial. I got a lot of bamboo underwear. Too bad it doesn't repel shit. Yeah, it just keeps my balls from stanking. I I, so I was going to buy so I haven't bought them yet because I haven't seen any positive reviews. But William Painter came out with a pair of socks that are made from silver that has been woven into threads. I'm in. Yeah, right? I mean, it sounds cool. They're supposed to be like super anti-slip and not smelly and all sorts Isn't of stuff. Isn't that what they use to control the weather? Silver? Yeah. Or socks. <laughs> <laughs> silver. Also, who's they? The Jews. Yeah. So, like, your people? How come you don't get any weather privileges then? Like, shouldn't that be part of the birthright trip? I've been making it rain all summer. Like, oh, hey, look, I can prove I'm this much Jewish. Shouldn't I get, like, one week of the media and one day of news? <laughs> Dude, I had a friend say some crazy shit. He's, uh, he's Jewish, and he's really into psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that the Jews were the chosen people, but not in the way that they that people say, that they're actually... That the Jews don't run the world. Mm-hmm. They're controlled by aliens. Oh, okay. And saying the Jews control the world is a misnomer. I, I want to find what he said. He told me not to share it because it's against the uh, Emerald Tablets of Thoth, who is the scribe of the gods. I'm sorry. Did you just say that you can't say it because of a Marvel character? <laughs> You can't do it because Thanos will be mad. He said Jews he are the... used the emerald ring to control time. He said Jews are the chosen people, but not in the way we think. We were chosen to serve the true masters of the earth, an alien race that lives in the sun, and they've been controlling the planet for millennia. That's why they say Jews control the world, but really it's a misnomer. We're actually just controlled by the actual gods of the planet. And Jesus alien was the example the of the awakened Jew that tried to wake up the rest. And we weren't slaves of the Egyptians. We were slaves of the sun god aliens represented by Ra. Crazy thought, huh? I mean, like, if you're trying to come up with a cool comic book, <laughs> like, like, yeah, there's an alien race in the sun, and the Jews are their alien people they control. I mean, it sounds so not So you're that... saying Jewish people have no agency? Because I've met you, and you have a lot of agency. Agency? Yeah, your ability to choose your own actions. Oh, I, I'm not sure if I believe in free will. Okay, but even if you don't... um. Mm, there's some good arguments against this. There's a lot of good arguments for both sides. There's free will and determinism. Uh-huh. And I think either you're going you to try to do what you want to do. <laughs> you could try to do what you want to do and end up where you're going to be, or you could not do anything and just not get anywhere. Well, I think if the problem with determinism is that if you view it like fatalism, where you're like everything has been determined, so why try? Then it's a, a negative viewpoint. But if you look at free will as, uh, you know, an opportunity to squander, then it's also wasted. So I think, like, the structure of determinism benefits people, but that a truer version of it, like, it, 
think it's somewhere between free will and determinism that's actually the truth. I think there's probably like a middle true area. Like we get to pick some shit, but it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. Like even if you turn to this page, like some shit's going to happen that you didn't get to pick. I don't know if I make great things happen to me or if I'm just really lucky and just good things just happen to me. Dude, if I could be anything, it's lucky. It's a great thing to be. It's always the stat that I Better would than max out in video games. Working hard. The lucky stat? Yeah, because you, you know what? Dexterity, when I can use my fingers good, I'd rather just like... <laughs> you obviously don't care about health. Fall into money. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a paramount of health. Look at me. I'm like look a, at all this living tissue. Yeah, look at look how much health I have. There's so much more of me that's healthy. Could you donate your fat to starving kids in Africa? No. And just like implant it in I them? want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving it away to them. I earned this. Like if they if, want if their they fat, had, they can build it themselves. Like if you could Pull yourself take up a by your boot, but Brazilian your butt straps. lift and like take out a fat from a girl's stomach and put it in her butt, mm-hmm. and then that fat just exists in her butt and lives healthy, uh, couldn't you implant your fat into a starving person and then give them an extra couple of years? Yeah, but it would be taxing on their liver because they would only have the fat to process. I think if you're starving to death every day, that's the least of your worries. Ketoacidosis that kills you? You're not worried about that? I think they're just worried about dying from starvation. Yeah, which... You know, Loser. <laughs> bummer. I, I'm with you, but, like, I, I'll, I'm i down if they want to, like, lipo me. But I'm pretty sure that, like, when they take that fat out, it kills all the fat cells in the one area. Like, with lipo, you see the people that get lipo and then 10 years later look real strange because they can't grow fat where it was taken out, but they get fat everywhere else. So they got fat arms and a it's little still less fat, though. It's weird looking. Do you know when you get fat, you probably know this, yeah. that the fat cells just grow in size. They don't multiply. Yeah, I got a lot of big cells. <laughs> How big do you think your fat cells are? Like, you just see them with the naked eye? Probably. That's crazy. Have you ever seen, like, human fat? Have you ever, like, cut yourself open anywhere where there's fatty tissue? No. So when I cut my... Hand, I know it's yellow, though. It is. It's weird. So this is the weirdest cut I ever had. I was doing... It was when I did Cutco. Me and my, uh, like, division manager that was running the office at the time. When you were selling knives? Yeah, so we're selling knives. Me and him are doing a presentation in front of, like, 60 people that were training to sell knives. And we're demonstrating how sharp the bread knife is. Because it has a a rounded edge, so you don't think of it as a big, scary, sharp knife. But it's an 11-inch blade. Almost 12. 11 and 3 quarters. So it's like, this is a sharp motherfucker. You should respect it. So to do that, we did Fruit Ninja. So I toss a grapefruit up in the air. He slices through it in half in the air. It's beautiful. You know, the juice flies. Super cool. Everyone's like, whoa, do it again. We want to film it. So like, yeah, of course. So I toss him a grapefruit again. He swings at it. He hits like kind of the side at a bad angle. No juice comes out. It's very boring. He picks it up off the ground. He tosses it up in the air. I catch it. He was tossing it up to cut. So as he's swinging a knife up, I catch the grapefruit. And it goes, wonk, with a, a very sharp bread knife into my hand at like full speed that he was trying to cut this grapefruit with so he hits me i'm in front of all these people they all go oh hey you know no big deal uh i'm gonna go take the air of this go ahead and finish the meeting (laughs) (laughs) you know so i walk out the back and i walk into the women's room i'm like freaked out i just walk into the closest bathroom it's a women's room and i walk in there and i turn on the water and when the water hits my hand it splits the skin open more and i see my bone and i see all this fat in my hand and like just all the meat inside of it and i was like that's not good. Oh, God. <laughs> so I hold it closed, and I go to my receptionist. I was like, hey, you have to drive me to the hospital. <laughs> and she goes, oh, God, I'm not good with blood. And I was like, okay, well, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and she goes, 
okay. So then I stick my head in the training room. I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to go to the hospital and take care of this. Respect the knives. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Did you really handle this that calm? Swear to God. <laughs> swear on my life. Because, like, you know, I'm already bleeding. Why make it worse? Yeah. So I get in the car, and then, like, I'm starting to freak out as we get closer. She's taking shitty turns. She takes, like, an unprotected left across traffic to get in the hospital. And I was like, this is where I die. I'm going to die. This bitch driving me to the fucking hospital as an idiot. I get in there, I walk up to the counter, and I go, you caught me red-handed. <laughs> the lady's like, sir, what? And I'm like, I have a cut. Can you can you help? She goes, okay. <laughs> so they get me in, they check me into the room. Finally, someone comes back, and by this time, it's swollen up like an egg. Like, it's huge right here. Do you have a scar? Yeah. I had to get 14 stitches on the outside and 8 on the inside. But at this point, it's still this big egg thing, and the lady comes in, and she's like, all right, so from the impact... It swelled, but then it created a clot. So you have all this, like, swelling under there. I need to release the swelling. So she starts digging around, and she pulls it out, and then it squirts blood. Like, I swear to God, like, 10 feet. Like, so far, squirts blood. And I looked her in the eye and go, sorry, I'm a squirter. (laughs) (laughs) My receptionist is still there. She's like, I'm leaving. (laughs) and walks away. The nurse is fucking laughing. She's got, like, blood on her. She's like, I don't give a shit. Life rules. (laughs) So they fix up my hand, and then afterwards, you know, like, they gave me some painkillers, and I'm just kind of talking with the nurses, and then one of them comes in, and she goes, hey, um, I want to see if I could give you a pelvic exam. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm definitely down. <laughs> that sounds awesome. You trying to examine this pelvis, girl? What's up? And then she starts laughing and, like, breaks her straight face, and she walks out, and I hear her saying to the nurse's station, this idiot just said I could give him a pelvic exam, and they're all fucking laughing at me. So I go to check out, and I'm like, hey, what's a pelvic exam? It's like where they put you up in the stirrups, and they, like, stick their fingers up in you. And I was like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> like, that's not fun. Oh, she was just joking around. Yeah, she was just fucking with me. Nurses have good sense of humor because they see a lot of gross shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And they never sleep. Not to one-up you, but uh, I, I cut my finger yesterday mm-hmm. on a, a vending machine for an air freshener. I went to the car wash. I paid a dollar for this tree mm-hmm. air freshener. I reach in, I pull it out. The lid closes on my finger and like scrapes the skin off, Ooh. and I'm just bleeding. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Th- from a vending machine. That made my balls not feel good when you. I said got that. hurt by a vending machine. That's. I've been hurt by them many times, especially when they don't give you your snack. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deep pain. Every time I use one, I'm like, "Please, don't hold this for me." There was a vending machine at my uh, Catholic school that I went to for a while. I still remember this motherfucker. So it stopped working, and it would, like, you would push in your thing, and then it would say sold out on the item, even though it was one of those coily ones. And you could see, and it would, like, start to spin the coil, and then it would say sold out, and just eat your fucking money. So it made me so mad, and then I found that if you got a running start and just put your shoulder into it, a couple things would fall out. That's why people, more people die a year from vending machines than shark attacks. Well, it's because they pull them over on top of them like morons. You got to go from the side. There's no <laughs> damage of it falling on you. So I would do this, and I would hit it into the Coke machine, and it would fucking do that. And then one day, I, I, it's maybe the luckiest I've ever been. I run, I fucking hit it hard as shit. It drops like a whole row of snacks, and a Coke comes out of the Coke machine. I was like, I'm God. <laughs> Jackpot. It's fucking incredible. I might be on a, a dating show. What? On NBC. Is this so? This real? Is, yeah. So, um, this this uh girl from L.A. who I know through comedy, uh-huh. she's actually transgender. That is not important, but it's you had to say it. It's interesting. You had to bring it up. <laughs> it's notable. It's like if there was a bunch of carrots in the room, I'd be like, "There's carrots in this room." But anyway, but they <laughs> used to be zucchini or something. Like that. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
So <laughs> she, um, I guess she thinks I'm interesting and follows me on Instagram and stuff. And uh-huh. so she'll, she has been for like maybe a couple of years throwing reality TV show auditions at me over mm-hmm. Skype. And I've done a, a handful of them. I, I just interview with them and it doesn't, never goes anywhere. But she keeps me in the system and keeps coming back, offering me roles. And uh, this time, uh, so the dating show is a Victorian-era bachelorette where everyone lives in a castle in the UK. And it's called, like, something that starts with a B. You're probably not allowed to say any of this. I am, because none of it's official and I didn't sign anything. Okay, good, 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 good. But, so I did the Skype interview. They're They're trying to ask me things like, what are your ideal relationships and, like, what do you look for in a woman and stuff? And I, I'm just like, hey, honestly, monogamy is a scam that was created by the Roman Catholic Church and reinforced by government to control the supply and demand of pussy so we can keep working our nine to fives and keep building shit. And um, the guy's just like, what the fuck? And he's he's cracking up the whole interview. And he's like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been doing this for like 20 years. And this is probably like interview like 27,000 something. And you're fucking hilarious. And I'm going to fight really hard to get you on the network or fight really hard to the network to get you on the show. And if they don't take you, like I do like 10 other shows that, uh, I can probably get you on one of them. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking great. Uh, I would have to take six weeks off of life and go over to UK for this show. It would pay like 1500 a week. And, um, and it would blow me the fuck up in this podcast and and you could meet the love of your life. <laughs> I, I, I think it. you're missing out on the best part. It's a dating <laughs> show. You're gonna find love in the UK in a castle, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna be if I get on a dating show or any reality show, I'm just gonna like super lean into narcissism and just tell everyone that I'm God. Oh, and then when they argue so with you me, I'll mean, be like, you're I gonna be you to yourself. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what they tell you. It's the best advice in dating. Is just be yourself. Yeah. Hi, it's me, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely, if you get cast on it, like every time that you walk into the castle, just be like, yes, my subjects. <laughs> like, just start using a bunch of castle just terms. Start acting like the king. You should start like levying for feudalism to come back. Be like, behead him. Yeah. Like, if, I, if you guys lose this show to me, you're all now my farmers. I'm your king and you have to farm on my land. Dress up like a knight and carry a sword around. Give me your daughters. What? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I think I'd be a lot of fun on a, a reality show. I think it would be very funny to just, I, I mean, like, it, it would be hilarious to just throw you in on a reality show with a bunch of other, like, fairly normal people. Yeah, that's what they're, they're like, saying. They're like, I'm a banker, says and the I same work. shit as you, or as, as each other. Everyone always says the same shit, and you're saying all this stuff I've never heard people say mm-hmm. i've never heard this perspective before the way i see this going is he's gonna fight really hard to get you on a network you're gonna do the first episode and at some point you're gonna make some kind of joke and they're gonna be like why did we why did we do this get him out of here and then you're gonna go viral because everybody's gonna be like bring back the guy that tried to have sex with the producer <laughs> <laughs> like you're definitely gonna be on like the date and then you're gonna be like actually the camera woman's much hotter can y'all <laughs> Y'all switch. Like, I want that one. <laughs> do I get to pick? I don't think that would get me kicked off the show. I th- I do think I would get kicked off the show eventually, though. Yeah. Every I, we've talked about a bunch of dating shows I've been on. I remember one I didn't mention. It was on like a Verizon only 
Like you had to have a Verizon app that no one has. I so see why no you forgot about it. Probably <laughs> no one probably saw it. But the the girl was blindfolded, and she's asking a bunch of contestants questions, and we all have to answer. And each round, she picks one person to weed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kept saying like. I was, like, number three, and she kept saying, like, I really want to get rid of number three, but, like, I want to see what else he has to say, so I'm going to keep him around. And then eventually she was like, what kind of flowers would you bring me? And I was like, while a rose by any name would smell as sweet, I would. there's nothing more intimate than a pair of two lips. <laughs> and, and that was what she dropped me on. Yeah, of course. I was like, that was, like, cute and romantic and no, clever. No, that was horny. <laughs> that was horny. She wasn't even hot. They're, they've, they're How do you know? You, got to, you never saw the blindfold she off. She was blindfolded. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, I know. But you can't tell this much of her face. What is really hot right here? <laughs> this is just snaggletooth with hot eyes. That's not an indicative factor. Also, I saw her before we started filming. Oh. Did she see you? Yeah, probably. I think she saw everyone. But Ooh. she didn't know who was who or who was on. Nice. She probably picked one and was like, I hope the hot one is that person. And then in the back of her head, she's like, if the hot one's number three, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> That's why she kept you around. She's like, God, I hope that fucking hot guy's not this asshole. And then she's like, uh, he wants me to suck his dick. I'm over it. <laughs> I wish I had the footage from all this shit. Dude, I wish I had the footage of my acting stuff that I've done. Because it's so limited. It's out there. It's all out there in, in a on a hard drive somewhere. Dude, there's somewhere a video of say I think it was sixth grade. I had to do a multimedia presentation with my best friend at the time, Liam, and we had to come up with a sketch for the class. And there was a thing in the back of the class called Gear Kit, and we pronounced it Gurkit. And we just made a whole sketch joking about how like Gurkit sounded like you should jerk it. And we did like a Richard Simmons exercise style video, like Gurk it, yeah. And there's a video of like twelve year old me, just very enthusiastically be like, "You should Gurk it, morning, noon, and night." I think if you ran for some political office, these would resurface. I should because all the politicians, like all these old videos, pop up, and you're like, "Where did these come from?" Mm, that is a good point. What should I run for office? What should I be? Should I be president? Uh, you should not be in charge of anything. But I as far as campaigning a... goes, I think it'd be funny if you ran for mayor. Well, it's not like politicians are doing anything anyways. They're all puppets. Yeah. They're just elected faces who are good at campaigning. And I got campaigning down. <laughs> like, let me be a puppet. I'll work. I just said this with Dylan. I'll work for Big Sugar. Yeah. Like, let me be a, a politician. You can, you can wear your America pants. Yeah, look at this. I love and America and freedom and the troops. I love them. Oh, yeah. We're wearing the exact same thing as the dylan episode yeah and i don't even know what order these are going to come out in this is going to come out after that oh <laughs> uh yeah that we definitely didn't just record that like 20 minutes ago no definitely not that was a week ago and it's saturday today today is saturday at nighttime, and you're definitely not live chatting right now nope not me not me in the comments another look, mike eaton look see now it's believable i'm in the comments now this is how i'm typing in the live <laughs> chat right now is because i'm on my phone once this see? plays you're just gonna wait for this part and then be like see i am <laughs> i know i know i, I set myself up perfect i'm a genius <laughs> i also decided i'm pronouncing it genius now i got some feedback on the show that we giggle too much and i was like dude it's not on purpose we're just having fun <laughs> we're enjoying the dumbest ourselves. feedback ever hey you guys you experience joy too frequently on your show if you could 
diminish your joy. Yeah. That person I don't want to. should die. If I need to laugh or I'm going to cry. I understand that. Yeah, you told me the other day you're, like, scared of free time. You're like, I don't want it. It's bad. Free time is the enemy. Yeah, I, I don't like free time. I like doing shit always. You just, like, being alone with your own brain is terrifying? or Yes. Mm. I told someone that, and they were like, but what about you ever take some time for yourself? And I was like, there is no myself. I'm one with the universe. Uh-huh. She was one of those, like, hippie types. So, like, the conversation was going to go in that direction whether I took it there or not. I mm-hmm. still wanted to beat her to the punch. God, I saw a girl earlier today. I went to go eat some pho. Gross. And she, like, something about her face and the way that she talked to the waiter just screamed, like, I shaved my armpit hair to say BLM. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was just, like, I hated her with, like, every fiber of my being. Not for... Like, the politics or anything, it was just, like, it was such an obnoxious human being. She asked if they had tea, and the guy was like, yeah, we have sweet tea. And she goes, like, you don't have any other, like, herbal teas? And he goes, we have green tea. And she goes, that's it? It's like, you think he's just holding out teas? Also, I don't know if you've seen the piece of paper in front of you with the fucking menu on it, but it has all of this listed under drinks. I hate it so much. If you're at a restaurant and you don't look at the menu, I want to stab you. Yeah, I don't like restaurants, but I don't like people that go to restaurants even more. Mm-hmm. Some people are really bad at restaurants. Like, I would never want to be a waiter. No, you'd be a terrible waiter. I wouldn't I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't. wouldn't do that job for a lot of money. Like, the, it would be very funny to make you be a waiter for comedy purposes. Because seeing people that were, like, bitchy about, like, their food, like, they, their food would come out wrong. And they'd be like, I oh, sorry, there's something wrong with this. You'd be like, all right, the fuck you want me to do about it? I brought it. You want me to go tell the person who made it? Maybe they can fucking <laughs> fix it, you retard. I'm a waiter, not a chef. And they're going to be like... Uh, okay. I'm just like towering over their can, table. Can you say that? I was like, I do jujitsu. I'll kill you. <laughs> like, this, I ordered a medium rare. I don't give a fuck. That's what I wrote. You talk to him. You can go back there. You, you can see him right there. Look, at, there's the chef. Hey, chef. <laughs> This lady's shitting on your art. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know this is art, you stupid cunt. Well, when I worked at a grocery store, this guy came in and he was complaining about how I put too much groceries in the bag that I double bagged. Uh It wasn't too much groceries. He was just a weak bitch. Yeah. He was like 70. Yeah. (laughs) And he like kind of scolded me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, sir. And then he came through again like a few days later. And I put in way too much shit in one bag that I didn't double bag. And it broke. Like I planned on. And he was like, you see what I mean? You put too much in the bag. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I did that on purpose, you fucking geezer. Now, where's my $4 check for my birthday? Dude, working at a grocery store was awful. I had, it was in like a rich part of town in Newport Beach, so I had to wear a tie. And there was like. To bag groceries? Yeah. Isn't that the job they give special needs people? Yeah. You had to wear a tie? I I was the only not retarded person. That's. Or one of them. Yeah. (laughs) But they were all like very retarded. And I was too. And in ties? I was, yes. <laughs> He's like a little retarded businessman. Yeah. I would just no, I'm in, here to do business. I would just come into work and I, they'd all be like, Eli, like come up to hug me. And <laughs> I would like one groceries for this plastic. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, paper or like, plastic? I, uh, what? Did you do paper or plastic bagging? Both. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you have to ask? Yeah. No, wow. so this is how it would work. So the cashier would be like, Hey, how's your day going? And then I would have to be like, hey, how's your day going? And I'm right 
I'm this far away from the cashier. I wasn't listening to your answer to him. Yeah, yeah. How was your day now? Yeah, and I, I got yelled at once because the, the, the boss was the cashier at the time. And uh, she's like, Eli, can I speak to you in my office for a minute? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, hey, so uh, I noticed that uh, out of the 15 customers who just went through the line, you did not ask how their day was to a single one. And I was like, well, yeah, you just asked them that. And she was like, well, you have to do that, too. And I was like, but they just you just asked them that. <laughs> and if I asked them the same question that I was standing there for the answer for, I feel like that would be annoying to the customer. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Eli, people come to this pavilions because we have a higher standard of uh, ethics and business. They come here because they want to be treated well. And if you don't want to do There's that, nothing rich people like more than being asked the same question a bunch. <laughs> don't you know anything about high class? <laughs> And she was pretty much just like, if you don't annoy these people, you're going to get fired. And I was like, fine, I will annoy them. And then <laughs> from then on out, the, the cashier would be like, hey, how are you doing today? They'd be like, good. And then they'd come over and pay and be like, hey, how are you doing today? And they'd be like, uh, good. <laughs> I made them uncomfortable, just like I was trying not to do. Yep. But I didn't get fired. If I get a time machine, I'm going back to fuck with you as a bag boy. I know there's more important stuff to do with it, but first mission is I'm going to go as a grown-ass man and go fuck with Eli as a bag boy, and I'm going to be like, paper. And then after you finish bagging things, I'm like, I mean, said plastic, you stupid bitch, and then yell at you in front of your manager, and your manager will be on my side, and I'll be like, I come to this pavilion because I expect a certain <laughs> level of class, and this piece of shit didn't even ask how my day was. The cashier did. He couldn't. What if, uh... Oh, this sounds like a dream. I'm getting a little bit of a chub. That's hilarious. You're in a weird shit, man. I was a very what weird if, person as a kid. What if all school shooters are time travelers trying to prevent the next Hitler? No. <laughs> I reject this. Well, there hasn't been another Hitler yet, so... Good on them. <laughs> They're doing good. Did you ever do anything as a kid that you, like, look back on and you're like, man, I was probably not very nice? No. You didn't? Not as a kid. So uh, when I say kid, I mean all the way to teenager. No, I wasn't mean to people until I was like 19. So I was at, when I was eating earlier today, there was another child in the restaurant that I hated that was being very I was loud. told that I slapped people in the face for no reason when I was like very young that I don't remember at all. That's incredible. Just little Eli slaps. Anyway, I saw this kid and I just, I thought my first urge was I want to tell him Christmas isn't real. Like, because he was just annoying me, and I was like, I want to shatter his day. And then I had a whole flood of memories come back. Around Christmas time, like, for two years, I went and drove my truck around the town square in South Lake during Christmas, like, when they had Christmas shit out, just yelling on a megaphone that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> just upsetting hundreds of kids. I, I think I used to do that. It and Because like, people would give me shit for being a Jew, and then I would do, I did research on Christianity, so I uh -huh. could just shit talk destroy them religion. yeah yeah that's yeah. actually how i started writing jokes did we we talked about this i think it maybe it was in an episode that we scrapped and then we're gonna put on a patreon uh before we were on drinking bros but i told the story of how i got in trouble with judaism in fifth grade at school we were doing a holiday party and everybody was decorating holiday cards for whatever they were into and based on like alphabetical names i was sitting next to my buddy He's doing his little Jewish Hanukkah cards, and I, instead of doing Christmas, am doing shit for the Oakland Raiders, because I like the Raiders. So I'm doing Raiders shit, and Aaron turns over to me, and he goes, what, are the Raiders your religion? 
And I turned to him and I said, better than being a fucking Jew. <laughs> you know, just joking around with my buddy. And he like, you know, was like, whatever, you know, we laugh. We were ribbing each other. The teacher, horrified, immediately pulled out of class, sent to the office, gets suspended for a few days. Turns out his grandfather had just released a book called the 23rd Psalm. That's his story of surviving the Holocaust. So they interviewed this kid. And they're like, what's it like your grandfather surviving the Holocaust only for you to be faced with anti-Semitism today in school? And he's like, just a little, you know, fifth grader. Like, you know, it's very difficult to know that you went through those atrocities for me to still be faced with these kind of like such bullshit. But they showed that interview in class on the day that I got back from my suspension. So I'm sitting in class just like little fucking Hitler while they're interviewing him. And they're all just looking at me like I did the Holocaust. You were basically Eric Cartman. Yeah, essentially. I was not a good person until probably 25. Or <laughs> <laughs> Last week? Yeah. A little bit before that. Yeah, the first joke I ever wrote was, uh, why doesn't Jesus drink? Because he already got hammered. Nice. I like that. That's what I, was, I still I want to pitch this to Netflix that Jesus comes back as a supervillain. Like, so, like, he made all these rules, and people aren't living by, like, the Jesus rules, so he's mad, and it's, like, the second coming of Christ, and everyone that's religious is like, yay, Jesus is back to take us to heaven, and he's like, no, you all done fucked up, so he's killing people, and the way he does it is by turning all of the water in their body into wine, so he's just like, wine, 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 and people are just like, no, Jesus, I love, oh, their veins just turned purple, yeah, back in their head, yeah, and basic white bitches, he's like, white wine, you know, like, well, your body's like 80% water, if it turned into wine, you'd be insta-dead, and then, here's where it gets awesome, he can only kill so many people at once with his wine powers, because it takes a lot of his Jesus juice, so he raises from the dead to help him with his mission, all of the greatest killers from history, so he reanimates Hitler, Mao, all of them, Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, and he's just like, you guys are my murder squad, and he makes like the, you know, I'd watch that Space Jam, but with <laughs> history's greatest murderers <laughs> led by Jesus. Have you seen that comic where it's just like a four panel comic mm -hmm. where uh, Jesus comes oh, back? <laughs> And then he's like, payback time. And he cuts his hair and shaves his beard, and he's Hitler. Yeah, the last <laughs> panel is he's just shaving it. He's like, I'll get you back for what you've done to me, Jews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a very good comic. Did you ever read uh, the Cyanide and Happiness comics? Yeah, I was a big fan of those. Dude, huge fan. And then they made. Are they still making those? They are. Not only are they still making them, but they've branched out into a lot. Uh, maybe eight or nine years ago, they started making animated shorts. Yeah. And the first one they came out with about noodles, where the guys are competing about who loves noodles more, it's one of my favorite videos still to this day. We'll watch it after this, and you will laugh. How but... about Sir Joan Cornella? I don't mean anything to me. Uh, I don't know if it's a man or woman, but they make these these paintings. You'd know if you saw. Wait, it. is it the? They kind of look like uh, they're like smiling, and they're like they're. It's like a arms weird guy or something, and there's like sometimes a dog involved, and he'll look at like his hand, and then his hand is a dog. And then yeah, his allergies. his face is a hand. I think I know. It's what you're uh, about. they kind of look like uh, it's this face. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, those are awesome and very weird. I also very much enjoy the uh, I'm sorry, John subreddit with all this, the like cursed Garfield art. This guy's just uh, sweeping dirt under the rug while he is on fire. I don't, I'm gonna stop showing. You. you can see it. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, I like this 
<laughs> I like these comics. And Alex Gray. That's your art. Alex Gray's cool. There's this place called Area 15 in Vegas that's mm-hmm. a giant warehouse of Alex Gray paintings, and I've seen it on people's like Instagram stories, and it, it literally looks like a DMT trip. I just want to go to Meow go Wolf. There. Who's that? I yeah, know that name. I it's an uh, art installment that's just like a trippy psychedelic where? art museum. I think it's in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, where you like go through that portal thing. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, and they've done a couple weird installments. But, uh, those like interactive like art immersive experiences are pretty cool. There's one called Mesmerized in uh, Native at Native Hostel. Yeah, did you I ever know. go to that? No, I went to it. It was pretty cool. You you said you weren't going to go without me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. I went with a girl and her daughter. I dude, I I understand that some people can do it, and I don't want to hate on them for doing it. And everybody has their own life choices, but I cannot imagine dating someone with a kid. Just looking at someone else's come. Just talking <laughs> all the time. And every time it makes me mad, I know I'm going to be mad at that kid and I don't have that same parental love. So I'm going to be like, I didn't even make you. You're not my real kid. You know, the same way kids are like, you're not my real dad. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, that's why people with stepfathers grow up with mental problems. So I would be a terrible stepparent. So I shouldn't. I'm glad Brittany didn't have kids. That would yeah, be. I mean, in the animal kingdom, they just come and murder the kids and make yeah. humans. They're like, no, oh, not. My bloodline's gonna last. Yeah, animals are wild, dude. You ever just get high and watch animals? I know it's pretty hack, but it's pretty good. Yeah, there's this show called Animal Fight Night on Netflix that's just animals fighting <sighs> each other. That's dude, super badass. Do you remember the imaginary fights where they would use a, like a computer simulation to run different animals fighting each other? They did a bear versus a gorilla. Yeah, the best one though, the top the predator, one, I think, is the fucking hippo. The hippo always beat everything. Really? Blew my fucking mind. Because they have I believe that. so Hippos much fucking... power. And their jaws are just crunch monsters. Yeah, they can bite through anything. I think that's the technical term is crunch monsters. That's <laughs> the, the Latin. I have watched people feed hippos watermelons. And the way that they're trucked is just fucking. So yeah, cool. like their teeth don't even touch it. It's just the roof of their mouth. Yeah. It just, just smashes it. I imagine that's what a blowjob from someone with no teeth feels like. Like, no, I, I can't imagine with someone from no teeth would probably feel amazing. I don't think so. I don't think it would. I think it'd be all gummy and like, I don't know. Sounds good. Oh man! Imagine like gums a are hard. Year old Asian woman with no teeth that just scoops into a thing of Vaseline and just goes like this. <laughs> that would probably be the best blowjob ever. Triangle mouth, my dick. <laughs> ah, I like it. I don't know. Maybe you just like grab her head, but then why not just use the auto blow AI? Sponsor us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, make sure you go to patreon.com slash giggleboys and uh, give us money so we can keep doing this. Please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Giggle Show was good. Uh, We're going to do more, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I want to take the direction I want to take. I want to do – because I feel like us co-hosting together is weird because we want – because the podcast dynamics are different than onstage dynamics. I would like to do – one show where it's literally just us doing a podcast live and then kind of interacting with the audience, and then another show that's just a comedy show. So, I mean, without getting too nuts and bolts on camera, the I think that would work best for us is once a month doing a live podcast with some structure and some events around it, some crazy shit, make it like a real party. And then the other ones we can do just giggle shows and do three weeks a month and just have a you know a local comedy showcase with four or five people doing five, ten minutes. Yeah. Because I, I think we have a need for both of those. And I agree, our onstage dynamic is uh, 
different podcast versus stand up, but I think it was still very good. Yeah. And it was also very, very funny. It worked like three times where we would start getting like pretty watered down in a conversation and we would get like real deep in on something. And then I'd be like, oh, you guys are here. This isn't a podcast. Everybody laughed real hard. And we, we know a lot of each other's material. So we did a good job of like setting each other up mm-hmm. for our jokes. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then we still had enough in the tank to do sets ourselves. Yeah. It was cool. I was uh, I was not happy with how my set went because I was looking around the room, and it's like it was pretty much mostly my friends there. And, like, people, either comics or friends from the gym or, or yeah, people that's... around Austin. And I was just looking around the room. Like, a lot of these people have seen me do stand-up very recently, and I'm doing all the same material, and I feel like all these people know my jokes. And I just was like, ah, I'm going to get off stage. So that's the thing that I think is very interesting. I've noticed because my whole life is essentially comedy and hanging out with my wife and food. Like, and most of that's even still with my wife. Like, that's what I do. So my reach to people to come out and see me perform, like, I have friends. But, like, a lot of them are either her work friends or her friends coming out to see me. But most of my friends are fucking comics. So, like, whenever I get in front of a crowd of people that don't know me, I do great. But it's just, like, finding those and, like, building those up because I, I just don't have friends that aren't comics already like if i'm friends with someone they're probably on that show yeah and, and comics aren't great audience members at all no and what's great about having non-comedian friends is they really appreciate the comedy that much more mm-hmm. yeah i've always admired that like there's a guy uh, do you remember aaron maliner yeah so he does a great job of being very involved in like the burbank community and a lot of the local business groups and the local going out groups and the fun people. And he's built an amazing audience. It's now Nightcap, L.A. It used to be the bunker. Same place? Yeah, same place. But now it's that outdoor area that they had as like the bar pre-show area. They turned into like a little kind of outdoor comedy venue. It's gorgeous. Uh, Gordon Jackson runs an awesome show there called Only Friends. But, uh, you know, like I really admire his ability to go and not only network with comics and be friends with all of us, but also go and be friends with humans. And go and do that during the day. Civilians. Yeah. yeah. I remember that time I got a spot at the bunker so I could film. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like a trade-off. Like, mm-hmm. sure, do a set. And also, can you film for us? Mm-hmm. So I brought my camera and I filmed everyone's set except for somehow, some reason, the camera turned off and just stopped recording right before I went on stage. Mm-hmm. And so there's no ev- there was no evidence I was even there. And that was like my first actual decent tape. And uh, and also, uh, Kurt Metzger was the headliner. Yeah, the camera died by the time he got on stage. Yeah, so, oops. I, every time I think of that, I, I get upset. I I'm still not over it. Kurt Metzger was uh, one of the first people. I think maybe the first I got to perform with, who's somebody where I had like listened to a shit ton of their comedy, so I already knew their voice. Like his album, White Precious, amazing. It's an amazing album. The joke itself, White Precious, is a great fucking joke. And so I had listened to that a bunch and then getting to like perform on the same stage as him and hear his very character because his voice, he had, him and Dom Pierno sound like the same person if you close your eyes. But uh, it's, it was su- such a bizarre experience, you know, to like bring him on stage. Because I was hosting that night. Yeah, you've performed with a lot of big names. Yeah, I've been doing, on some sick lineups. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. And I've done well on almost all of them. I, I There has been all the times that I've bombed that I know of, that I can think of off the top of my head, 
have been not shows where I cared about the headliner or cared about other people on the show. Like, I obviously wanted to do well, but I haven't bombed in front of anybody that, like, bummed me out to bomb in front of. Yeah, I wonder if I would do as good in L.A. Because I haven't bombed since I moved here. It's interesting. I feel like there's a, a fine line between the crowds being easy and getting a laugh at everything and that being good to build confidence and the crowds being hard and hard to get a laugh out of being good to build strong material. And then you take that strong material that's getting the hard to laugh people to laugh to easy to laugh people and they laugh really hard. That's what I felt like was so great about LA is that I could go up in these rooms where they're like, you're not a fucking celebrity. Who the fuck are you? Make me laugh clown. And then if I make them laugh and then I go somewhere else where they're like, Oh, you're a comedian. I love that. And then you tell them jokes. They're like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Going from grinding in LA to performing in Austin was, I feel like it set us ahead of a lot of people. Yeah. I just, I, cause those I, are some of the hardest rooms. Yeah. Those uh, little, those little like signups. Uh, what was that website? Slotted. Slotted. Mics, yeah. Where there's like 10 comics and everyone's just thinking about their own material and you're just sitting up there crying inside. Yeah, dude, get, if you can crush it a fourth wall, Mike, like, that yeah. material is going to murk. Well, sometimes I would do stuff that was very, like, playing to the back of the room, comic, comics kind of jokes. You know, like jokes that a layperson wouldn't laugh at. Yeah, like, I, I used to do a joke about how it, that would be funny if, like, I just got up there. Like, as soon as I walked up, I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to give some time back to the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, m people that are not comedians don't know what that means. Or why that would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I had a good time in some of those, though. It was always fun grabbing, you know, you or Frank or Jackson or Josh or Alex or somebody and then just hitting up a couple slotteds and then doing a show or a mic somewhere. Yeah, it would always be way more fun when you went with friends. Going to those things alone is – I don't understand how people do it. Yeah, I did it for a couple of years, and I was like, I don't know how much longer I can last in comedy because I – you need like a you need friends, dude. Open mics in general suck ass unless you're with somebody cool. Yeah, I've I haven't been to an open mic in a while. I I should. I did one dude, at, out, out here when you uh, sign up. It's like you gotta wait for fucking ever, ever, dude. I did the carpet. It's dude. It's so funny. I remember in Austin, um, me and my buddy Craig Fergola started around the same time, and I remember when we would do like Mr. Tramps and these other shitty mics in the back in the day because we couldn't get up anywhere else and didn't want to wait several hours to do time. Like, we would be like, it's so fucked up that the people running these mics just bump their friends and just let their fucking friends go up just because they've been doing it longer. It doesn't fucking mean anything. And now, like, you know, we both run mics. And, like, I saw Craig at a mic the other day, and he bumped me in front of a few people. And he's like, who's my friend? He's been doing it a few years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh, we, we've become them. Yeah, you but became your worst enemy. I did that. I did his Carpe Noctum mic the other night at the Creek in the Cave. And I forgot just how, like harrowing of a feeling it is to get up on stage in front of 20 comics and be like, well, I don't care what they think. They're fucking comics. And then you say something that you, you're like, this is funny. And no one even reacts. And you're like, I mean, I, I kind of care how they feel. Like, I want you guys to still think I'm funny. I wonder if people listening to this on audio thought it turned off for a second. Yeah, I bet Whenever they definitely did. Whenever there's a pause in a podcast, I like freak out and look at my phone. Mm -hmm. Same. I want to do an episode where we don't talk for an hour straight and see what happens. What, just hold up cards with our conversations on them? And just sit here and, like, text each other. That sounds awful. For them. I don't, no, and for me. I don't want to just sit in the room texting with someone. Yeah. 
what are we, a couple that's fighting? Like, <laughs> yeah, often. Let's just go sit in a room <laughs> with a, a bunch of people and just touch each other real fast. Oh, I was thinking about how, uh, remember I said earlier that I, like, smacked people in the face when I was mm-hmm. a very small child, like, under six. Uh-huh. And I don't re- remember this at all. But apparently, I would do this. I would just, <laughs> like, out of nowhere, just go up to someone and just, bam! <laughs> and then my mom would be like, Eli, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I headbutted a kid one time, and then after, like, my head was, like, headbutting him in the stomach... I like bit like a piece out of his stomach <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not nice. And like my parents were like, what's wrong with our kid and therapy and all that good stuff. But so I ended up having to apologize to the kid. And so I apologize. And then like, it was like a effort of good faith. His parents invite me over for a play date. So me and this kid are playing like video games and we're playing. F- it was like Tecmo, like the shitty football, super Nintendo game. And we're playing and I'm losing. And I just, I still remember like turning over and being like, if you don't let me man, I'll fucking headbutt you again. And I'd be like, ah. I was like, I'm kidding. Like, it was, it was a joke. You know? I realized you could headbutt people when I was like 20. Mm. And that was cool. It's a very solid opener. This guy was like talking shit to me for like no reason. And then I headbutted him and he like flew over a table and it knocked the table over. Mm-hmm. And my friend whose house we were at, I was, I was like, I'm really sorry, man. And he was like, no, you're good. He deserved that. And then he kicked the other guy out of the house. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Dude, I I don't know exactly when I remembered it or figured it out, but like 16, 17, getting in a fight with someone and then like getting up in your face and talking shit, and then you just throw like your forehead onto the crown of their nose. Yeah, right when they get close enough, you're like, ooh, headbutt yeah. range. Well, because they're going to just it, – that's such a stunned feeling when you get hit in the nose like that. Like all this cartilage crunching up, and you're just like, I've gotten popped in the – dude, I my first fight that I got in – I was, like, real cocky because I was so big, and I was like, I'll fucking destroy anybody. I'm a fucking strong football player. And this kid, Robbie, Robbie Miller, so I remember him, fucking sack-tapped a kid I was kind of friends with, and I was like, hey, man, why don't you pick on someone your own size? And he was like, how about I fuck you up? I was like, then let's go, bitch. So then, you know, we're in, like, the football locker room, and everybody pulls out their phones to start filming, and he's like, fucking hit me then, fucking hit me, and my adrenaline's going, and I just take this wild, looping hook and I hit the top of his head, just like this. And then he, fop, 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 just like six pieces me in the jaw. My jaw splits open. Thankfully, I'm bigger than him. And I grabbed him by the back of his neck and like put him on the ground. And then I'm on top of him, like choking him out. And then I get pulled away and I break up the fight. But the video went around school and all you see is just me, like, like boom, dink, 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 just get destroyed. And then we had to spend a week together in suspension. The first fight I ever got in, uh, this guy did not like me and my friend Sam at all, mm-hmm. but uh, not we didn't have any problems with him. He just didn't. I just don't think he liked the fact. Well, that I mean, Sam is like, crazy. I just don't think. Yeah, <laughs> but we like we never had problems with him like personally. Mm-hmm. He just hated us because we had too much fun all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, once I saw him at a party, and uh, this is this is in in college, and I was like, hey, like, what's uh, what's your problem? Like, why? Like, we have the same friends. Like, I'd, I'd like to just get along with you. And, like, why why do we have problems or something? And he's like, I don't fucking like you. And I was like, why? I've never done anything. He's like, because I just don't fucking like you. And I was like, all right, well, let's fight then. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I start swinging. He ends up mounting me, and he's <coughs> on top of me, and I'm just holding 
the back of his head and just punching him while I'm mounted mm-hmm. and I'm kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. And he was like in he was like jacked and had like tattoos and stuff. And I was still a scrawny little fuck. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a great feeling. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I can hurt people. So I started punching people in the face that the first fight I won. uh Dude, oh, this is a really I'm a bad person for all of this story. So there was a kid at our school who like we were a rich white school and he was like literally the only super poor Mexican kid. And so everybody picked on him and like that was shitty. And looking back on it, it it's like, God, we were definitely the bad ones. But so he had like a chip on his shoulder because I would like fuck with people. And I he started something with me one day in the hallway and I just, you know, yelled back at him. And so we just kind of talked shit to each other. Nothing really big. I would honk my horn when I drove by his house. Uh, And then me and my friend decided it would be funny to fill out, like, an illegal immigrant report and pay, like, the Department of Homeland Security, like, the fee for the report for them to go and see if there were any illegal aliens in his house. And they did that, and they ended up deporting someone that lived in his fucking house. Jesus Christ. And so that came back on us. So then he was like, I'm going to fucking fight you. So I was like, all right, I'll fight you. And so we go in to fight. I hope he won. And he's and he's got his hands up like this to fight me. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of fight stance is that? Like, your hands are way up here. What are you going to do? And he keeps throwing, like, these weird downward, like, hammer fist things and then trying to kick me. And so, like, I'm like, what the fuck? So I just threw, like, the hardest uppercut I could and just clocked him in the jaw. And he immediately hits the ground oh, and God. gets back up. And then he goes back to the same stance and starts trying to fight me. So I just, like just boxed his face a few times and he keeps doing it. And I took him and I grabbed the back of his head and we had those lockers with the diamond pattern and I cheese gratered his fucking acne face on it. And he's just bleeding real bad. And then I kicked him real hard in the ribs. (laughs) And then I was like, you want to fucking keep going, bitch? And he's like, you walk away, you lose. And I was like, all right, I guess I fucking lost. And I left and and I got on the bus and like, just like, I didn't even like really take the bus. And I just like got on the bus and went home. I was like, all right, fuck it. Hey, you're a terrible person. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. So then, it, like the like a couple of days later at school, I go to school and I see he's standing in the corner by the hallway, and there's an older person with a mustache with him, not old enough to work there, but like maybe like eighteen, nineteen, and that guy and him and Marcelino talk. He points at me, and then that guy starts walking towards me, and then I see him pull out a knife. And I'm like, oh, so then I run. I'm like, I'm not dealing with that. Like, I'm like, I'm not gonna get stabbed. And I run. So they see me running. The school resource officer comes out, arrests him. So that guy goes to jail for trying to stab me at, on school property. So he goes to jail forever for trying to avenge his cousin, who I found out it was his cousin that did that. But yeah, so that was the end. Of, that was the first fight I won. Was I beat that guy up? <laughs> I'm really starting to understand the whole white privilege thing. Yeah, yeah, I was a very bad kid. This, well, this is why I went to all the, like, therapy and pathways and shit to work on myself. Because, like, you know, you spend all of your life in, like, this bubble. And you are doing all these terrible, racist, shitty, mean things. And no one ever calls you on it. Because you're just surrounded by other rich white people. And then the first time that you meet not rich white people. Or even just not white people in general. And they're like, <laughs> hey, that's fucked up. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, we're just fucking with people. And they're like, no, you're being a piece of shit actively. And then that all, you're confronted with that. And you can either be like, oh, I'm... uh amazing and they're wrong or you can be like oh that dude i fucked up bad and then you can like make amends and stop being a bad person yeah that's why i traveled the world a bunch because i grew you. up in a in a bubble 
and I was just like, I want to get a, a wider perspective on humanity and, and Earth. Mm-hmm. So I visited a bunch of places, and uh, and now you're you. Yeah. You'd think we'd be better people. <laughs> I'm a pretty good person right now. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I uh, For the most part. I don't think I do anything like... Yeah. I actively help as many people as I can. Yeah, same. Like, I... Yeah, like when present like there's very few I people. I treat people with respect. That I'm not like. I don't assault people. Su- yeah, recently. In a long time. Yeah, you haven't assaulted anyone in months. <laughs> Way more. I thought there was that guy that was a huge. No. No. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Never mind. That wasn't months ago. Oh, really? Wow, time flies. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> it's been dozens of months. A dozen months is just a year. I guess oh, man. This is how time. Hey, why don't we do a That's better a... calendar? Do you have any arguments against it? A better calendar. 13 months, 28 days. That doesn't add up. It's close. There's it's there's, gotta, it's there's some number with the sun. No, no, there's there's a number where you can do 13 months and they all have an equal number of days and it still lines up with the normal year shit and we have we still have some kind of fucking leap year shit. There's a Jewish calendar. Yeah, but that has more. That's that goes too many by years. the moon. That's too many years. Yeah, I think y'all are like in like the five thousands somewhere. Yeah. Here, are we at an hour yet? Uh, I'm not sure. I think not. I I know how I can find out. The other show was already on here, so the time I didn't see it. Oh yeah. Feels like an hour. I feel like we started at four thirty. Um. Yeah, we did. We started around four thirty. Let's we'll do like five more minutes. Do you have any other things? Oh, I want to have this discussion with you, and then we can get out of here. Okay. If, if you were, I'm about to be on someone else's podcast. Who's a Christian woman that talks about dating advice, and I'm going to be telling her about incels. Incredible. I thought you were going to say incest with the way the rest of that sentence was going. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, if you were a genie, and you were like today, you're a modern day genie. You give people wishes when they rub on your lamp. What would your lamp look like? A dick. God damn. All right. So that's my answer, too. Immediately my answer. I would do the Aladdin lamp. You do the Aladdin lamp? That was my favorite movie as a kid. So here's the thing. It's not original, but. So me and Brittany were having this discussion because I was saying I would want my lamp to shape like a dick. Because if you remember from Aladdin, being inside your lamp is miserable. And everyone that has ever seen like a dick-shaped thing does the jerk-off motion and rubs the fucking dick lamp. What so the fuck are you talking I about? I would get out of my genie lamp so fast if I was a dick-shaped lamp. You jerk off every dildo you see? I mean, someone does. Like, I don't, but like someone that sees a dick-shaped thing is going to be like, uh. Every dick-shaped thing has been jerked. I have never. You've never jerked? Like, you've never been in public and seen like a funny thing and be like, hey, look, it's a dick. You never done that? No. You're not even a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you, what are you even doing? Anyways, all right, well... I guess that reveals a lot about me <laughs> that I feel the need to jerk off every hilarious gay dick shaped thing. But it's not a real dick. It's a funny dick. It's a ha ha. Jerk it off. It's funny. Anyways. Gay and funny. The lamp from Aladdin. Wasn't it like a tea kettle? It, it's like a pori lamp with a, like a lid on the top. Yeah, it's not very rubbable. That's not a lamp, though. A lamp turns click, click. The light comes on. A You're right. With it, a it's, shade. it's more like a teapot. And so I'm thinking, is it an oil lamp? I haven't done any research. You know me. I'm not going to Google it. I just assume I'm right. So I'm like, I guess it's an oil lamp. But like, what kind of lamp would you be? Because I want to do dick shape. But what dick shape lamp really exists? And where is it going to be that people are going to rub it? 
Spencer's? Am I a novelty lamp? Because then also, the kind of person that's like, it's a dick, do I want to grant their wishes? <laughs> I'm really hoping we're out of time. <laughs> I was just saying, man, this is stuff worth thinking about. Uh, we should put a clip of the Giggle Show in this episode of, I guess, We should us. just do the intro part, but it's going to be funny because Gary, while he was filming it, because it was nice to have Gary behind a camera again. Yeah. But Gary, while he was filming it, was like, I don't know why you guys have me do this. You know, I focus on one person at a time. Other person's just going to be out of focus the whole time. And we were at the same distance. I don't think that's true. It, I, yeah. Anyways, we're, we're going to put the whole, the we're going to cut out all the comedian stuff and just put a collage of us hosting together yeah, on we're gonna, Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Giggle Boys. Giggle Boys. And we'll try to fit a clip in, like, right after this or something, I guess. I guess. I'll send it over to Giorgio. Hey, well, this has been another wonderful episode of Giggle Boys. Hopefully, Eli gets on this dating show. Make sure you go rate us on iTunes. Uh, and if you like this, subscribe somewhere so that it'll automatically send it to your phone so you don't have to download anything. Hit all the buttons on YouTube that are a thumbs up or a subscribe. All of them? All of them? Just hit every button. Not the thumbs down. Don't well, You can Preferably. if you unclick it. Well, if you do it Change in it order, the do the thumb. thumbs up and uh, do the thumbs down and then do the thumbs up and then you got to click every button. Yeah. How about that? See you next week. Bye. Hey, everybody. Is this too loud? Yeah, but that's okay. Welcome back to Giggle Boys. I'm your host, Eli Howard. And I'm Mike Eaton. Welcome to the show. And this is our first uh, live Giggle Boys show. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get any of that.
Uh, we we don't. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, like our abortion shirt. When uh, me and Mike designed an abortion shirt where uh, we were donating all the proceeds to Planned Parenthood. Yes, donating. And uh, I'm not sure what happened to those proceeds. They went to all Planned Parenthood. <laughs> all I knew was uh, I actually used them to buy Plan B for my wife. That counts. That's basically the same thing. Yeah, that's a more direct approach. Like I don't believe in charity. Like just go give money directly to the cancer patient. I started a charity where I gave drugs to the homeless. Uh, just weed, not the expensive ones. Uh, but it's I started in Dallas when I lived there, and uh, I, every time I went to go buy weed, I would pick up a homeless guy and just get him high with me. It's like, what a nice thing to do. Cheers. <laughs> like, think about it. If you're like living under the bridge, and then Gay Fieri shows up and picks you up, it's like, hey man, let's smoke some weed. <laughs> so I would do that, and then I, I moved down to Austin. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it down here. I'll be a nice guy. Picked up my weed, I stopped under 35, I grabbed a homeless dude, I was like, hey man, you wanna smoke weed and get some food? He goes, is it indica or sativa? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bitch, it's free! You're like an outdoor person! What do you want? That's, that's the difference between me and Mike. I see a homeless guy saying anything else, I'm like, yeah, how about a bullet? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
sound system so big that he can't fit anything into the truck. He didn't tell me that he took the Xanax before coming over. I was living in Studio City, Los Angeles at the time. There was plenty of parking in my neighborhood. And uh, he comes to my house, I end up picking him up. He, he gets out, he gets in my car, we go somewhere else, we come back, and uh, I see a, a, a cop car and a tow truck pulling in, and I was like, Mike, where'd you park? And he's just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the road. And I'm like, get here, get here, get here, fucking kids. Street parking, you park on the street. So I walk over to his car, and he, there's parking everywhere. And he is just parked, blocking off one person's driveway. <laughs> and he's a street. And he's about to get towed. And there's a cop like, hey, I have to write you a ticket because you blocked off someone's driveway. And I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. For the record, I didn't do that. I'm not an idiot. So I moved this car up six feet and uh, saved him from getting towed. And then he made me a delicious meal. That's the best part. I crushed this thing. I cooked like a perfect medium rare. Couldn't part. Cooked an amazing steak. You know, something a, a lot of people ask us is how we prepare for our podcast, Giggle Boys. And uh, the answer is we don't at all. Yeah. We, we just walk in there. We don't prepare for anything, really. We just, it's kind of nice. I think that's what my privilege is. <laughs> just crushing it without preparing. <laughs> Never studying for a test, I just keep winning. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been given notes that we should have more structure. And I was like, yeah, but why? Uh, that takes effort. <laughs> Don't I got a note the other day, I took my wife to a gynecologist appointment, and then the doctor told her that she had a structurally perfect vagina. I was like, what do I do with that information? Like, one, now she's going to be so Give bad. me her number. <laughs> my wife? <laughs> Yeah, I did that. I did that. Uh, I'm gonna put this microphone away because it's slightly broken. We have an amazing lineup of comments for you guys. Are you excited? Woo! 